If my assistant was here, she already would have escorted you out to Anywhere he wants. Preferably some night spot, grotto, or secluded hideaway. Nice suit. Good. Selena. Selena, Selena. <laughs> That's my name, Maximilians. Don't wear it out or I'll make you buy me a new one. Selena. This is Bruce. Wayne. Yeah, we've met. Have we? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I mistook me for somebody else. Sorry. Welcome to Exposition Street, celebrating geek movies in all their splendiferous glory and a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. Thank you very much for joining us for this special holiday-adjacent episode of Exposition Street. We poured through our, our, our huge bucket of holiday films that were on our list and came up with zero zilch, nothing that was streaming that wasn't a Hallmark film. So... We went with this one instead. We're going to talk about it today. To get things started, let me go ahead and uh, introduce the cast. Oh, ahead of that, I'll go ahead and introduce the email address, feedback at prismaticsunami.com. If you'd like to recommend something, that's feedback at prismaticsunami.com. Over here, have you ever even played a harp from hell? It's demoralizing. It's Richard. I ask that of all my victims. Oh, wrong movie. <laughs> I have it on good authority that sickos never scare her, which is probably why she's still around. It's Vanessa. Don't make me watch Hallmark movies. To <laughs> see exactly how I have dodged that bullet. Right now, he's at home, in bed, heavily sedated, and resting comfortably, which, after a year of Expo Street, is probably how he prefers to prep for a show. It's Jason. I was literally in bed until about five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> I saw that. I was inspired. And finally... He cannot count the number of times that he's been napalmed and dropped off a building. It's the kid. I also cannot count the number of times I've mistaken me for somebody else. I can. You know when I first met the... Never mind. Uh, this, <laughs> this week we're doing Batman Returns because he had to come back again and again and again. Uh, this one actually came out back in 1992. It was a uh, June Christmas movie. came out the 19th of June. Went to number one at the box office with $45.6 million, which was a new record at the time. Broken soon thereafter by Jurassic Park the following year. Oh, I watched that movie. Uh, yeah, we've seen that one too. Mm-hmm. Not for the which show. One? But, you know. uh, PG-13, runtime of two hours and six minutes. And yes, they used every bit of the 13 in that PG they could possibly come up with. No kidding. We'll talk about that. While Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin, wreaking havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman, a female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman with her own vendetta. That is a terribly written but relatively accurate intro. Yeah. Directed by Mr. Tim Burton in his second outing with the Batman franchise. First one was was in 1989. 
this was following uh, he did Edward Scissorhands in 1990, Beetlejuice in 88. I mean, he was definitely like on the rise. His star was rising. Know. I think it was all downhill after Edward Scissorhands, but that's just me. Well, at least briefly, no. but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> written by uh, Daniel Waters and Thomas Lennon, who did uh, such... Um, I, I just don't have words tonight. Hudson Hawk, Ford Fairlane, Heathers. They did Demolition, man. We've seen that one on the show. But yeah, they have an amazing track I've record. Seen all of those. Wait, did you say Hudson Hawk? Yep, that was on Yes. Oh, I, I love, I love that, movie. that movie. You people. Oh my God. I kind of do too. <laughs> I have seen it and I disagree with them, which seems to be part and course for. That's why you're Which here. Which means that I can Which go is, either direction. Welcome cool. to Exposition Street. Um, and Sam Ham. The Hamm. points are made up and the queen doesn't matter. Wait, what? What? Uh, you're not the, wrong. the queen, Sam Hamm, uh, who uh, was responsible for, you know, he worked on Batman and the animated series. He did some Batman stuff. And music by Mr. Danny Elfman. Of course it was. That that says a lot. Oh, this yeah, was early <laughs> in their association, though. This was earlier in their relationship. I mean, he mm-hmm. did do, uh, you know, Batman. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. But he also did, like, Darkman and Dr- Dick Tracy and Scrooged before this. You know, One out of three ain't bad. Yeah, Danny Elfman's first, like, big break was actually Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which if you go back and yes. listen to the music divorced from the movie, you go... Yes. What on That's earth cool. is this, and how is it so much cooler than that movie? <laughs> yes. That is so accurate. <sighs> Starring Mr. Michael Keaton. So, yeah. why does he get top billing? Uh, he because he didn't in the first one. He didn't in the first Batman movie. He shouldn't have in this one either. Uh, Jack Nicholson had top billing in the first movie because he was a bigger star than Mr. Keaton. And so was Christopher Walken. Oh, uh, but yeah, but Chris Walken's he role was wasn't even, role. I mean, he wasn't even a Batman villain. He was made up for the movie. It's like, it's like uh, so Michael Keaton did Batman before this, of course. He did like the Dream Team the same year in 89. He did Beetlejuice. Uh, wasn't really, I mean, you go back to like Gung Ho and Mr. Mom. I mean, he was working in the 80s, but he wasn't making this huge splash. And when he started moving into, and this is, by the way, technically a more dramatic role. Yeah. Started moving into dramatic roles. It really changed the direction, trajectory. That's the word. Changed the trajectory of his career a lot. The year after this, he did My Life. And if you guys have never seen that, don't. I still want to be friends tomorrow. But he, (laughs) it is a depressing, amazing film. And I I mean, both of those things very much so. And depressing kind of takes the cake. Because he plays a guy who's dying. And does. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, but, Eric. Yeah. You spoiled it. But he did the paper in 19... Breaking Bad ended? He did the paper in 1994, though, which got a little bit of his comedy chops back in there, his delivery, you know, some Keaton-esque stuff. And I loved the paper. And that was very much an ensemble, so... Uh, he was alleged to have earned $11 million for reprising his role as Batman, which was a lot at the time. The Warner Brothers executives were very uneasy with this, but Tim Burton stated that he personally believed Keaton deserved it. So he, I'd take $11 million to walk around in a rubber costume for a few months. And not be able to see or hear anything that wasn't right in front of you. Oh, that costume was That's so my cool. life anyways. Good point. Well, you can't see anything that's right in front of you. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a question of range. <laughs> that's why he's Batman. He doesn't see with his eyes. <laughs> he uses echolocation. <laughs> Kid don't have that either. Stop that. <laughs> you made my board go crazy. Uh, 
<laughs> Danny, Danny, by the way, my board isn't picking you up. <laughs> Danny DeVito uh, played opposite him in this. Uh, Danny DeVito just kind of played opposite. That's what Danny okay. DeVito does well. I have to say this. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have ever seen before or after this movie Danny DeVito acting like he did in this movie. I would never have known that was Danny DeVito if I didn't know that was Danny DeVito. Why would he act totally like this again? <laughs> I don't think that's what that he meant. That was totally Danny DeVito. <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> Absolutely hated that. I've, Everything about I'm, that. I'm not saying I liked the character. I'm saying that his performance in the character was absolutely frigging astounding. He's saying that he was have acting you seen his Matilda? ass off. I thought Come this on, was man. Danny DeVito was on awesome. an average Is that a movie? Here's the thing you're going to run into, guys, because I know Kid. I've known him since this movie came out, pretty much. Uh, and there are a lot of things that are not in his wheelhouse that he did not get around to seeing, I'm telling you. So you can throw a lot of Danny DeVito stuff out there and say, didn't you ever see blank? So he the didn't watch just Taxi. Be no. no, of course not. I thought not. that was I didn't a see Taxi either, but I it figured was. Matilda was probably a pretty pretty safe bet. Uh, uh, yeah. No. No, Matilda is not a safe bet. <laughs> I don't even think I've Vanessa, heard of that one. you're a tad bit younger than we are. Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> what about twins? Twins. <laughs> twins he probably saw. I saw uh, twins. Yeah, that was actually a few years before this. He and Arnie did twins in 88. Uh, let's see, War of the Roses was in 89. Other People's Money was in 91. He did Renaissance Man after this and Junior after that, both in 1994. Let me let me defend my case here just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Because there are a lot of tiny little nuances and characteristics of playing a deformed aquatic bird man that most people would never notice if they were missing. And they weren't missing. He nailed it. Just little subtle things about being the penguin that really just amazed me as I got more and more into the movie and started noticing them. I started looking for them, and they just kept coming. It was I, it was impressive. This I show just got more interesting in the last twenty seconds. He, he did actually play the best aquatic malformed birdman I've ever seen. Yeah, that doesn't take a lot context that, there. There's right? no yes, there's no other thing to go against. So. Danny was advised by his friend Jack Nicholson, aware of his own financial success with Batman, to take the role. And that's how he thought. <laughs> but, of course, if you're replacing the villainy of Jack Nicholson as the Joker, you can't have just one bad guy in the second movie. You have to have one and three quarters. Quarters, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so Catwoman's in the movie. Michelle Pfeiffer. <sighs> Annette Benning was actually cast as Catwoman, but was replaced uh, by Michelle when she got pregnant. So apparently the cat suit by Michelle when Michelle became available. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought Annette Benning was a weird choice. You know, and even back then, you look at the stuff she... Oh, what was she in at the time? I didn't even... She would have done well. I didn't make a list. Do you think she would have done well? It's not stuff that you necessarily... I mean, it might be stuff that you know, but it's not necessarily stuff that you would have been thinking, oh my God, she'd be a great, you know... Cat. She was in, like, The Great Outdoors and... Uh, but she, now, was in a, she was in American Beauty. That was probably her most renowned role around that time. Was she the wife? Yeah, which her. was a pretty intense role. Still, no. I, I don't see that at all. This movie would have flopped even harder. It just would not even a bit. It didn't flop. It, it would take it would, would take much to flop harder because it did not flop. It would have um, made slightly less than a lot of money. See, uh, Michelle did Lady Hawk in 85, which is Eastwick in 87. She did Wolf a couple years after this in 94. She was doing some genre stuff, but not a I love ton. some of those. I love all of those. 
Lady Hawk would be a fun one to do for the show. I it's, love Lady Hawk. It is, in my opinion, one of the best fantasy films with the worst music ever made. I, I have to agree with you. I love the movie, but yeah. But the music was all like, you know, uh, porn music from the late 70s. I don't know. It was like... Ding, so ding, the ding, only ding, thing ding, in her ding, repertoire that I even recognize is Mars Attacks, and I couldn't begin to tell you what character Because there were 87 the other big people she in that. She was the head. <laughs> yeah, oh, she okay. was. Uh, and Chris Walken. <laughs> Chris Walken played Max Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Wayne's World 2 came out like the year after this, which I think was, since I, I don't know if I knew Chris Walken before this role, it wasn't like super special to me when he showed up on the screen in Batman Returns. But I always remember him from Wayne's World 2 for some reason, uh, because he was a little more Chris Walken in that. He was pretty Chris Walken in this. And he then was Pulp very Fiction. Chris Walken in this. And, and then Pulp Fiction came out in 94. And I have to say, whoever they found to play his son... Did they, a great Chris Walken. Did, 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 did a great <laughs> <Right>? young Chris Walken. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, and then he did The Prophecy a couple years after this, which we've actually seen on the show. So that was our first Chris Walken film, I think. Oh, yeah. I forgot about The Prophecy. I have never forgotten Lucky about The Lucky you. Uh, according <laughs> to... Wow, really? What was Jason's score? Richard, what was Jason's score on The Prophecy? Something I want to know. Oh, okay. Good line. Uh, according Hang to casting... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. You're good. According to casting director Marion Doherty, Tim Burton was reportedly uncomfortable with casting Walken as Max Shrek. When she asked him why, he said, because that man scares the hell out of me. <laughs> That's fair. Must have grown on him. Walken was cast again in Sleepy Hollow in 99. So, but, but, As the fair, Hessian. To be fair. To be that was fair, he to did play awesome character that role. just scares the hell out of anybody. <laughs> that uh, was exactly. Jason he was the awesome low pole at three. At three. Three stars for, okay. Vanessa and I did three and a half. So Jason didn't and entirely four and a half disappoint and a five. Me. You could figure out where those went. Prophecy was fine. What is your problem? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Exposition Street. <laughs> Not enough um, fiber? I don't know. And speaking of um, Danny Elfman's famous um, premiere, uh, Paul Rubens was in this as well. Did you guys catch him? Yes. Yes, yes. I did. And I yes. laughed so hard because he also plays Oswald Cobblepot's father in Gotham. Yep. That was the, that's why he played him in uh, Gotham, which was brilliant, super super good. Um, and you're the only person here other Paul than me Rubens? that would have gotten that. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman was his dad uh, in this. You know, it was uh, a scene in the I opening. I did not of the make movie. that connection. Two seconds, you know. <laughs> yeah. Eighty million dollar budget made forty five point six opening weekend. One hundred sixty two million dollars gross in the U S. Two hundred sixty six worldwide. Uh, Batman Returns, ladies and gentlemen. How do we fare on the batman meter here? So I know there's got to be opinions in the room, and I bet you we have five people here that we're going to have five fairly different opinions. Um, I know where Richard stands, but I'm going to give him a chance to say it anyway. Rank your Batman. Rank your Batman, guys. We're geeks. Feel free. Right, Vanessa won't even know what the hell we're talking about. Do we have to do the whole <laughs> because... ranking, or are we just saying where this one stands? Yeah, eh, no. whatever you want to say. I don't care. But that's when I come to this... Okay, and I rewatched it. I realize on the rewatch when I'm not focusing on how much the Penguin story disturbs me and Keaton irritates me as Batman. <laughs> as far as the rest of the movie goes, the story, the writing, the sound, the music, the theme, it was actually really Batman-y and probably closer to the Adam West Batman stuff I like than the, um, most of the other stuff the that's been the made in the movies. Preceding Batman after that? Yeah, yeah. of course. So... It just, it was okay. 
I mean, it's 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 an okay space, but yeah, I'm I'm just not a big comic book person to begin with, and I'm not a big Batman person to begin with. So it's at the top of a low pile, not the very top. Anybody else? Uh, it's better than Batman Forever. No, it's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, 100% is. Oh, not <laughs> even kind it. of a it little 100% bit. 100% is better than Batman Forever. This People is, cannot act. This is the worst live action Batman in existence. Dad, the no, Batman Forever again. is the worst one in existence. People cannot act I, worth a shit in that Are you guys talking about the actors at this point? Or these, well, I guess they act, yeah. I guess about I'm, talk- yes. one. I, I'm talking yeah. about the portrayals, the writing, the story, the everythings. I don't enjoy this movie comparative to other Batmans. It's gross. Did you, did you see the it's... Rob Patton one? Rob, Rob Patton someone? I've seen half of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Actually, uh, uh, I, I walked out of that one for uh, infrasound reasons as well. Oh, oh, dude, I'm sorry to hear that. It was actually I thought really good. I, I wanted but. to watch it, but it was just about halfway through. I was just like, I can't do this movie, so I left shortly after the funeral. Was there a funeral in the movie, or are you talking figuratively? The funeral in the movie where <laughs> just the checking. monster got where where it's not where, important. There, there was a funeral in the movie. I believe where you. the I don't remember went off the charts. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, th- Vanessa, I don't did, remember that or didn't you, make it to it. Did Vanessa? How many of the Batman have you actually seen? A lot you, of them. Were, okay, actually. one okay. of my old roommates has so, so forced me to see a bunch of them. Kid, I haven't seen many of the animated ones, but the live action ones. Yeah, I've I was really talking about the animated. Robert Pattinson. The animated are different. I mean, you know, Kevin they Conroy. I love me the animated Batman's. <laughs> I've watched all amazing. of those. <laughs> He is the, the Jack best Nicholson Batman. Joker's really good. I like this movie. I do not like Batman Forever. I think all of the acting in it is absolutely f-ing atrocious, and they could have hired any other actor for any of the roles, and it would have improved the movie. Kid, so I have seen every live-action Batman that has ever been made. Uh, I've only seen some animated, but by and large, I don't judge those on the same set of criteria. Sure, there's a reason for that. And I have to say that when the first Michael Keaton Batman movie came out. It was the best comic book to movie theater movie I had ever seen. And I was hugely excited that this one was coming out to follow it. And then I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that being said, there were some things in this movie that I absolutely loved. And I was surprised upon rewatching it for the, the podcast to find that I liked the movie better than I remembered liking it. But it was still... A pretty significant letdown from the first Michael Keaton Batman movie with Joker. Um, about the only thing in this movie that I couldn't find any criticism for, despite the fact that it didn't even give honorable tribute to the character's origins from the comics, was Catwoman. Um, I, I had no complaints about Catwoman in this movie whatsoever. Not the casting, not the acting, not the costume. Makes me None of it. It was all fabulous. Yummy. <laughs> I think the dialogue was a little much, but I don't think I felt that way in yeah. 1992, to be honest. And that actually is a lot. Of, <laughs> that's another conversation I want to have. Um, but you haven't answered the question. Instead, you're giving your thumbs up, thumbs down. What? <laughs> we're talking about Batman. <laughs> so, so where do we stand here? Where does the Keaton stand? I would place this uh, as slightly subpar to the original Keaton, 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 Keaton. The original Keaton outing as Batman. But other than that, I like it better than most of the Batman we have seen in the theater. 
I do like him better than all of the Christian Bale. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, get, I think not that I, Christian Bale was bad, but he was definitely more of a Bruce Wayne than a Batman. And my biggest complaint about Batman specifically in this movie was how choppy and abbreviated the fighting scenes were. But that's like comparing the original uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in A New Hope to the lightsaber duels from... Uh, the prequels. You know, what, yeah. you know what they should have done? They should have added big pows and bangs while he was fighting. That would have helped. I can't possibly agree with you any less. <laughs> it's literally impossible. So let's talk about the language. There's language. Oh God! Do we have to? Did you guys I watched the English version? Do you guys realize? Did you? I mean, do you? Did you remember? Do you remember watching a Batman movie in 1992 with so much sexual innuendo and just borderline commentary? I realized that the vast majority of it was the Penguin. I but, remember very distinctly because wow. I was 12 with my parents and it was highly uncomfortable. And then <laughs> and then two nights ago I was 43 with my parents Fair. and it was highly it was uncomfortable. <laughs> Just the pussy I was looking for. I mean, my god. <laughs> what is happening in this movie? Yeah, I didn't remember it being that explicit. I've got. I had to get some great penguin clips, but oof. I get where they're coming hard. from. Is saying that his whole behavior was because he was completely unsocialized growing up. <laughs> you might say that, but Did he wasn't completely unsocialized. Up? He was part of the car. yeah. He had, he had lots of penguins. That yeah, part of the circus, or something. Yeah, he ran away and joined the, the red circus. triangle circus. Found him early on and. Yeah, I, I don't care. I just there really, is that. <laughs> I but found the him character hard to of watch. the penguin or Oswald Cobblepot was definitely intended to be disturbing and almost uncanny valley, which they accomplished. Yeah, they went down. Now that's to be fair. I do not know much about the comic book penguin. Not really. I have now watched so many versions of some of these characters over the years, you know, and of course, like like a handful of us who grew up with Burgess Meredith, who was going to be uh, was going to be his dad in this. Actually, that that was one of their plans, and I, I guess because of health reasons or something, it wasn't an option at the time. Aww. But um, the the whole kind of penguin phenomenon never really spoke to me. So. As a character, like the, all the villains in the 60s Batman show, intentionally, of course, they were all caricatures. They were cartoon characters. And so that gave me no anticipation of what the character was supposed to actually be like. And that by the, by the time um, when The Dark Knight Returns came out, which informed a lot of the style of this mo- of the, of the, the 1989 Batman, uh, the first Tim Burton, it, it, it informed a lot of the decision of Tim Burton to do Batman movies, uh, you know, by the time that came out, there was definitely an understanding that the rogues gallery of Batman's presence in the comic world weren't this silly group of cartoon characters, but were in fact madcap psychopaths who were just beyond the pale, right? So Penguin had to fit in there. But most of the variations I've seen on the Penguin now in in you know in a couple of places in Batman stuff. Have like like in the light, the Rob Patton movie, Pat Patton's movie, and the and the Gotham, were as a crime boss, uh, just an eccentric one, and that felt more real to me, especially in the context of the Batman universe, where an eccentric crime boss can still be a freaking psychopath, right, and be effective. 
So I I really feel like um, this version of him stands out in that way because it's the one that feels different than everything else I've seen in the character because I didn't read him in the comics. I didn't read Batman comics much, you know, and so most of my exposure to the character was not this. This penguin was disturbing. Yeah. I mean, the 100%. Ho- whole idea of him being a deformed creature, of Max Shrek being able to lure him into complacency with raw fish, which was dumb. I mean, stuff like I don't know that. How much that costume weighed? Yeah, well, I don't know. Danny wasn't a little guy, so some of that was definitely him. Yeah. Uh, this This penguin was more similar to the animated series penguin not too far after. Which was inspired, informed Short and by this. monstrous, and yeah, and comic booky. Like I said, one of the one of the writers who went on to do the animated series stuff wrote on these movies. I mean, there was a lot of informing that, and the style, of course, this gothic style, which came from the Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller stuff, into these movies, these Tim Burton movies, and then on into the stuff that came after. But while I I didn't actually care for the Penguins storyline at all, um, it just was too much for me to want to deal with at all. Um, at least it made sense on the rewatch because while I could see what they were doing with Catwoman, <laughs> there were still so many parts where I'm like, wait, but why that choice? Why? <laughs> Is that, did we literally just do this because that's what the cats were doing? And so we're just trying to make something of it because we, you know, trying to herd cats or what? Cause I don't get, I didn't get half of that line like how did we get here mind you i still struggle because not being a comic book reader to me catwoman and poison ivy are basically two sides of the exact same coin that's a weird take and that's why i didn't like batman and robin (laughs) there's a lot of reasons not to like batman and robin because because they're both we're talking about the the schumacher movie guys (laughs) just so everybody's on the same page (laughs) i love that movie i love that movie why oh my god chris there's a chris in it we that didn't even mention James Clooney. My least favorite live-action Batman movie ever made. It is uh, my second favorite after the uh, old one with Adam West. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one lie because yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> so uh, Danny's makeup took three hours to be applied every morning. I bet it did. <laughs> He uh, actually removed one of the cabinets in his makeup trailer and put in a laser disc machine and a television. So while he was getting makeup put on, he could like bring in his favorite movies and watch them in the mirror. That was kind of an oddball bit of That's trivia, fair. but when you got three hours in the makeup chair every morning, use it wisely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Catwoman, Michelle went through sixty cat suits during the six month shoot at a cost of about a thousand yeah. bucks a piece. What? But they were cheap black vinyl that she pulled out of her closet. How are those a thousand dollars? They because they weren't actually right. Because they had to put it. They had to like make it through shoots. They had to make it through shots. I mean, you got to think about that. They didn't uh, always do that. There no, were a couple of but they had to make it, it a certain amount through shots. And uh, yeah. you imagine the amount of lint brushes they went through to get all the cat hair offset? Oh, dear God. She also. Um, she also. <laughs> I appreciate you, kid. Also practiced yoga, weightlifting, and karate. Spent three months training with a 12-foot bullwhip. She I wonder how many scars she walked away from that with. I think yeah. her trainer walked away with a couple. Uh, see. Say, I've never seen anyone practice with a genuine, legitimate bullwhip and not cut themselves. At least Thank once, you, Rude. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie was previously considered to play the Joker in the original Batman. Was the first Ooh, that. first choice that for Max for. Shrek in this one before they cast Chris Walken. That would have led to a very different Shrek. 
I would have hated having Chris Walken out of this movie, but if there's one person they could have replaced him with, Bowie has to be the man. It still would have been a very different role. Very different role. I like the image of it, but I have to admit, I think I like Shrek as a sinister character. I don't... But Chris Maddock would have worked, too. I don't think I could have seen Bowie as womanizing and nasty and just... I yeah. don't know the, the limits of his acting ability, to be honest, but uh, I definitely would have not seen the death scene ending the way it did with David Bowie playing. Right. Uh, he actually turned down the role in favor of Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, which I actually never saw the TV movie. I've seen most of the series, but I never got around to watching the end I of the series, so I never watched the movie. Twin Peaks? Yep, never heard um, I need Technically, to. it came up once on the show because we did a David Lynch movie. What did we do? Oh, Dune. We did the first Dune movie. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that one. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> that's as much as that's worth. <laughs> at least uh, at least half the, the Warner Brothers lot was taken up with the Gotham City sets. The massive sets were all constructed to be, like, mobile and were often shifted between days of filming. Michelle Pfeiffer routinely got lost on her way to filming each day. I like that one, too. And Danny DeVito remained Just in like character between takes, which is not cute. Oh. Ew. That's the opposite of cute, but it is yeah. dedication, and I am impressed. It is, it is walking a around weird a lot eating dedication. sushi. <laughs> Dude, he was And he having, was so like, liquid intense. coming out of his mouth at all times. That was gross. <laughs> It was so intense. It was so gross. And from what I... If, if I read my little bits of trivia correctly, the fish was real. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. The That's bird crazy. probably was too, actually. They didn't give him it, prop it fish. It, it was a real bird. I remember reading that. You know, when I actually take a moment to think about it, I think I am more impressed with the acting in this movie than I am in pretty much any of the other Batman movies. Because all of the characters were so graphically and thoroughly detailed in their eccentricities and their oddities. With the possible exception of? Batman. Batman. Right. And I think that's a good direction. Kind of a boring second fiddle in a lot of this film. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say Michael Keaton was was the least inspired actor in the entire movie. (laughs) I'm not a fan of Keaton's Batman. You notice that, and I, th- I used to tell people, I said, when Batman Returns, the thing that got me, that I found interesting about the movie is that Batman doesn't show up on screen until like 20 minutes into the movie. It's actually 13. I checked. It's how many? Yeah, you are. 13. 13 minutes before he showed up. And it was that scene where he sees the, the light through the window. You know, that's his first shot. You know. That was over-engineered. It's great. Yeah, and how does somebody at Bruce's place not notice the little spotlights on top of his house? You know, I, I, that was my first thought of, my of like, thoughts. oh yeah, to be that's fair, he doesn't have people over. That's like he, he would not have those and keep his identity secret. That's just not happening. <laughs> so let me get this straight, Bruce. You are so rich that you want to know when the bat signals up just because you're curious. What a weirdo. And it's specifically designed to highlight his brooding seat, which is obviously where he spends all his time in the (laughs) evening that he's not already in costume. Yeah, it's like, yeah, obviously it's going to bounce off different um, different mirrors, different light mirrors or whatever, depending on where Yeah, that's why they had to move. The house? That's why they had to move to point it through his window, but still. Which that was hardly the first case of overly ridiculous slash comedic engineering in this movie. I got to tell you, now, to be fair, Keaton's much older now, and I think um, in recent years, the things I've seen him in, he is a much richer actor, much more interesting. Uh, but I loved his turn as the Vulture in yes. the Spider-Man movie, much better yes. than I loved his turn as Batman. I absolutely agree. I was going to make that comparison myself, but I forgot. I want him I to come back for Batman Beyond. 
The Ooh. Batman Beyond, is that what it said? That would be kind of cool. Batman Beyond I'm, is I'm a, a little excited an animated series where uh, Bruce Wayne is like in his late 70s, 80s, and he makes a bat suit for a new young person and is the man in the chair while a younger acrobat Batman goes out and about in the new modern world. If if it was, if Batman was a Marvel character, it would be Batman 2099. (laughs) Which is actually kind of cool. Um, I really, uh, I, I didn't really mention, I didn't really dislike anybody that played Batman, I think as Batman. And I mean, I grew up with Adam West, of course, just like, you know. George Clooney was a shit Batman. He was a good Bruce was, Wayne. He uh, was a shit Batman. I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I have to say he's at the bottom of my personal list with the live-action Batman. I liked Kilmer better. I was going to say, who was the actor that played in the newest Batman movie, The Batman? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Okay. I could not remember his name for the life of me. I've he never was seen in Harry him anywhere else that I know of. He was in Harry Potter. He was Cedric Diggory. Uh, and he was the main mm-hmm. guy in Twilight. And he was in Twilight. Yeah, yeah he was the vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Seriously? Yeah. If he sparkled, wow. he was the vampire. <laughs> the vampire. I was gonna say I, I don't watch <laughs> Twilight. I don't know what the, I don't know. What, I know there's a vampire in the movie. Come on. I think he was actually my favorite <laughs> portrayal of I'm egging Batman. Vanessa on. I'm trolling <laughs> Vanessa over here. Um, no, yeah, I I thought he was good, I, especially given the younger take. You know, he was like a year into being the Batman and stuff, and it was a very much a detective story for I need such to a long, finish that movie at some point. long, slow paced movie. But it was really oh, good. Oh God, that's why it was. I got like an hour and a half in, and I was just like, Oh God, I'm only halfway through. But I'm the minority here. <laughs> I couldn't here. get enough of it. I loved the Christian Bale movies. I loved I mean, everything about them. It's not that they're bad. It's that they're so broody. They were, they're but they just so happened broody. to hit me right. I think they struck all the right chords of what I wanted out of Batman story and didn't realize it at the time. Batman I liked the Dark Knight, but that really wasn't did. because of Batman. Mm. Oh, who was it? <laughs> and I was love it you, Jason, Ledger? that posted the, the little uh, comic uh, from Watchmen of uh, Dr. Manhattan, where he's like, it's 1980, I'm in the movie theater watching a darker and prettier Batman. It's 2001. I'm in the movie theater watching a darker and grittier Batman. It's 2019. I'm in the movie theater watching a darker and grittier Batman. It's worth mentioning that the only one that didn't come up out of all that was Batfleck. And I actually liked Ben Affleck. None of his movies were good, but I liked him in the role as an older, dark, moodier. I don't know about darker, grittier, but moodier Batman. What's your superpower? I'm rich. I'm rich. Yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> I was going to say, he was the Batman in Justice League. And I actually really got a kick out of that. But I did not want to see him in his own standalone solo Batman movie. God, I forgot it was about that Batman. Yeah. I didn't have to remember it. Thanks well, for reminding me. Well, the Zack Snyder's, the, the four-hour thing on HBO was I mean, was amazing. And so, I mean, that, that helped. I, I was really impressed with that after I never watched being Justice so terribly disappointed with the, the edition that first came uh, out. Yeah, the theatrical edition, even I don't have much good things to say about. Um, B- Batman was in it. That was, that was a good thing. And I liked Henry Cavill, but I... I actually really like I don't care who plays. I like Henry Cavill. But she was Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ben Affleck. You know who Ben Affleck is. You're not that young. I, I recognize the name, but I can't place the face. Oh, It's okay. Matt Damon's sister wife. <laughs> that means absolutely I thought they were the same person until I finally actually saw them both in the same place at the same time. In Dogma, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Because they were also in Goodwill Hunting, but I don't think that was in your wheelhouse at the time. Goodwill Hunting um, still isn't in my it wheelhouse. It had Robin Williams in it. Of course it was. I just didn't know who they both oh, were at that point in time. Legit. Nobody knew who they were at that time. That was That's the movie kind of the that point. made them. 
Yeah, especially Matt Damon. Wow. Uh, Did you hear on a completely unrelated tangent, because the new Avatar movie is coming out, did you hear Matt Damon recently said that he gave up a chance to be in the first Avatar movie and his pay was going to be 25% of the box office? He gave up a $250 million paycheck. What? And Jim Cameron actually verified this when somebody asked him about it. It's like, yeah. (laughs) He would never have to have been born again. (laughs) And he gave it up. (laughs) And he gave it up because of a born movie. And that was why he couldn't do it. It's because, you know, it's like, well, either I could spend the next three years filming a a Cameron movie, because that's the way it is, or I've got more Jason Bourne movies to make. Anyway, never had to be born again. Let's play some clips, because we've got plenty to talk about through the clips. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, clip time. (laughs) (laughs) Same clip time, same clip You should have told me you would do that shit, and I would have set it up with the music for it. I don't have the music, but it would have been funny. I should, I should have started all the clips with, you know, just kind of all that kind of stuff. We'll break it in post. No, we're not. <laughs> that is way too much work right now. I can't. It's the holidays, man. Uh, Max Trek. Oh, darn. I've got my speech. You might want to take it out on what's her name? Santa Claus. Afraid not. I'm just a poor schmo. Got lucky. And sue me. If I want to give some back. I only wish I could hand out more than just expensive baubles. I wish I could hand out world peace and unconditional love wrapped in a big bowl. Like I said, he hadn't done the prophecy yet, so he hadn't gone full walking on film yet. He was getting there. You can tell. Baubles. You can tell. But then it would have been unconditional peace. Love, you know, just <laughs> whole nother level of walking. I love uh, me some rap. walking in a big boat. In a big boat. Yeah, I love his character in this movie. Max Shrek is despicable. Absolutely. His interaction with Selena, where he, was, where he was like, actually, it's exactly like that. Huh? Yeah, I got that. Huh? He uh, and the funny thing is, I mean, his interaction with, and I've got well, at least one of their clips, their talk, their dialogues. His interaction with Selena is actually the best interaction with Selena in the movie, I think. Honestly, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. I mean, she did. She had as as her character progressed, she had some pretty great moments, kind of in places. But they were kind of her, not her and someone. Right. Yeah. Um, but when she was both sides of the equation with Max, I mean, not at the end necessarily. But, uh, let's see, and Penguin. I'm ready, Max. I've been down here too long. It's time for me to ascend, to reemerge. With your help, your know-how, your savvy. I wasn't born in the sewer, you know. I come from like you. And like you, I want some respect, a recognition of my basic humanity. But most of all, I want to find out who I am by finding my parents, learning my human name. Simple stuff that the good people of Gotham take for granted. And exactly why am I going to help you? I just realized Penguin was doing the full walk-in too. Christopher Walken <laughs> is a Batman villain. I had not figured that out until just now. I'll be damned. Oh. 
Can any anybody tell me, do, do you think that he knew that he was Oswald before he went up? Because it didn't seem like he spent any time trying to figure out who he was. I had doubt. Yeah. He definitely did. I feel like he definitely did. Bruce kind of put that together in the one scene where he and Alfred talked about it a little bit. And he made the indication that he was pretty sure Oswald knew exactly where he came from. Now, he didn't give any, he didn't cite any sources or give any supporting right. evidence. He just said, I think. But I am inclined to agree. So he agrees. He agrees with you, and he is the world's greatest detective. So Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, let's see. The secretary? Uh, secretary. And a very good one. Too good? Mm. Listen, it's our secret. Honest. How can you be so mean to someone so meaningless? This power plant is my legacy. It's what I leave behind for Chip. Nothing must prevent that. Okay, go ahead. Intimidate me. Bully me if it makes you feel big. I mean, it's not like you can just kill me. Actually, it's a lot like that. Music. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, for a second there, you really frightened me. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to warn you guys that I had that clip do that at the end. Oh, it's all right. That, that was loud, by the way. We knew she was a screamer. <sighs> so I wanted to play those clips kind of back to back because it gives you the three kind of villains of the piece, right? All in a row with their kind of introductions. And I feel like it represents a lot of what we can expect from the character of the movie since the plot kind of rotates between them and Batman's kind of circumstantial. <laughs> Batman could be replaced by a puppy. And it would be largely the same movie. But... Actually, if it's the Bat-Dog from Super Pets, it would be a better movie. True. Oh, who did the voice of the Bat-Dog? You don't remember it either? I didn't even see that movie. Oh, League of Super Pets? Dude, it's one of the best DC movies out there. Well, it is an animated DC movie, so that, that yeah. stands to reason. But I just... It's, it's actually pretty good. But, it was I mean, another yeah. Kevin Hart and The Rock movie, and I'm just kind of tired of Kevin Hart and The Rock movies. No, I never. will never be tired of Kevin Hart and The Rock movie. <laughs> cannot, cannot happen. Keanu Reeves was one of the voices. I think maybe he was Batman. Uh, I, but, thought he, I, mean, just, I thought he was Superman. Uh, I don't remember which one was which. I don't know. I, uh, no, I, th- I don't know. I thought. Who's our person in the chair? Vanessa, are you our person in the chair? She's the person oh. in the chair. What? She's just so lost. <laughs> I lost something apparently. Um, I don't know what I call this one. Lonely man, be something. Let's see what it is. Cold. It's a fishy swirl, sir. It's supposed to be cold. Circus back with a freak show. May not be suitable for kids, featuring a poodle lady, the world's fattest man, and an aquatic bird boy. Why are you now determined to prove that this? Penguin is not what he seems. Must you be the only lonely man beast in town? The circus folded its tents yesterday, perhaps forever, after numerous reports of missing children in several towns. Police have closed down the Red Triangle Fairgrounds. However, at least one freak show performer vanished before he could be questioned. I suppose you feel better now, sir. <sighs> no. Actually, I feel worse. Now, I am going to interject before anyone says anything and give this movie its props for actually giving us a scene of Batman doing some detective work. 
Yeah. Yeah, figuring out what Vichyssois is because he's really supposed to be well educated. I I knew when this movie came out what Vichyssois was, and because I took French in high school, and it's one of those weird things that came up, French foods, right? And it's cold potato soup. And, like, my mom didn't know what Vichyssois was when we saw this And movie. leeks. Don't forget the leeks. It has to have leeks. Yeah. It has to have I, leeks. I, I yeah, it would taste horrible without the leeks. was before this either. So. I don't necessarily There's know a leak I love in it, the bowl. but I do like Every time soup, I think so. of it, I think of this Vichyssois verbiage. But, uh, Mike, what's that? This Vichyssois verbiage. Veer's most verbose. It's but part I of Veer's speech. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Michael Goff, I, I think I don't have his name. G O U G H. One of the best things about these early Batman movies was Alfred, and the consistency of using him for all four. You know, both the Burton movies and both the Schumacher movies. Have, you know, them continuing to bring him back was that a nice was, touch. That was definitely one of the high points of this movie was Alfred. And yeah, he didn't. He'd have a lot in this movie, but I, yeah, I was kind of disturbed he had, he by well. uh, Alfred's uh, lack of consistency in this one. He starts off going, must you investigate this hero? And then, must you be the only lonely monster? And then it just, his his opinion of Penguin just devolves. <laughs> Deservedly so, I think. Though. True, but it's but, still just amazing kind of how funny. much he flip-flops with, with no irony. But Alfred doesn't direct Batman. Alfred offers possibilities. Hmm. Like a good tutor. Better Alfred's. Who's who's the better Alfreds? Uh, I think this is the top Alfred. Uh, You realize that they set the the standard high here. Michael Caine, yes. So every Alfred after this was somebody amazing. Yeah. You guys might not even be thinking about it, right? The next Alfred uh, was Michael Caine. After that, we had Jeremy Irons. And after that, we had, uh, in the Rob Pattinson movie, freaking, what's his name, Gollum. Oh, Uh, yeah. Circus. Andy Circus. Who... By the way, has become one of my favorite actors, hands oh, down. Oh, I love Andy Circus, and um, no longer needs mocap. What about in his the life, uh, guy that uh, on Gotham? I really like him. Oh, and yeah, and the dude, the dude that played him, yeah, absolutely. So, he was the one of the best things in Gotham. Yeah, he was he, amazing. He he, he he was amazeballs. To be completely fair, the only Alfred I've seen rendered that just was nothing but a disappointment to me was the one in Pennyworth, which I've never watched any of. Was the show any good? I I'm couldn't not tell Alfred you because yeah. I couldn't watch it. I, uh, I I definitely was curious, but not curious enough to go out of my way to see it. And I know it's been like on HBO Max, I think, or something. I I just have never gotten around to it. But I liked um, the thing I liked about the Alfred in Gotham was that he had a. It was the first time we'd seen them decide on a take on the character for for film or TV anyway that had a background. His military background made a difference. He was a fighter. He was a scrapper. He had, um, in helping raise Bruce, he had also helped train him, you know. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I I thought that was a really kind of different take. And they had the character was, I mean, he was, the the guy that got to play him was just compelling. You know, Gotham was just a good show, though. As, as, As Batman Mythos goes, it's obviously complete, a little out there, but it was freaking good. I do have to give a honorary mention just because, uh, in Injustice, we were treated to a beautiful scene in which, uh, Alfred beat the ever-living crap out of Superman, and it was just a moment of absolute glory that I have seldom felt a thing of beauty and a joy forever. Sean Pertwee. Pertwee, that's his name, yeah. Who is a son of a doctor. Yeah, John. Dr. John? No, Dr. Who. John Pertwee. Dr. Who? Third doctor. Third doctor. Oh, that kind of doctor. (laughs) What kind of doctor did you guys argue about? 
worked with Eunice. Jeez, I'm really so, I'm really missing it here. Uh, Doctor uh, Who. You let's, say Doctor Who, I'm immediately focused in. <laughs> you got Richard back on the show. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I'm sorry. We were talking like, about you make Alfred, me watch this show? and my brain went to Archer because that's where the, all my butler brain cells <laughs> went. What's his name? Such a terrible show. I'm trying to remember, <laughs> and that's the worst thing. part. And he's he's he died. He died in like one of the, not not this past season, like the season before that, and. Archer's constantly, he tried to replace him for a while and couldn't find oh, anybody. God, yes, I just... Oh, it's going to bug me now until I think of it, but I'll think of it randomly for like no reason when we're doing something else. He was so mean to him. Middle of the night, we'll get a message from Eric. It was this person! I, yeah. Or me. Oh, Woodhouse. 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 The butler did it. Gosh, I feel dirty for knowing that. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> you should. <laughs> Oswald? I am a man. I have a name. Oswald Cobblepot. Mr. Cobblepot, you'll never get a chance to settle up with them, huh? True. I was their number one son, and they treated me like number two. But it's human nature to fear the unusual. Perhaps when I held my Tiffany baby rattle with a shiny flipper, instead of five chubby digits, they freaked. So the manipulation, the whole um, element of the penguin being a hero, which I think is interesting because we saw them do that in Gotham too with the story there at some point, you know, where he becomes well loved, you know, things like that. I, I, I find that fascinating. I, it doesn't feel like it's a natural fit, but in the in the way this the kind of the universe this movie is set in, and the way it feels, it doesn't seem as jarring. I think, but it's an interesting choice. I didn't kind of see it coming, I imagine, the first time. But in the rewatch, of course, since I knew what the story was about, it was just kind of like yawn. That's not a fascinating story, but you beat. I did enjoy um, the performance, though, except that much like Rich, I found the character disgusting enough to be unnerving. This was an absolutely disgusting movie, just saying. <sighs> really? You take the penguin out of it. I don't really think it's that bad. Uh, I mean, Catwoman would work much better. Uh, speaking of whom... I just love a big, strong man who's not afraid to show it with someone half his size. Be gentle, it's my first time. Thanks. I... You make it so easy, don't you? Always waiting for some bad man to save you. I am Catwoman. Way over the top. Which is where they show that she is not just the hero of women, she is a psychopath. Yeah. She well done. A psychopath when it started. It had just got worse. I I hesitated to try to pull much with her because I mean her dialogue is over the top, so it's kinda of fun to listen to, but it's not really pertinent to anything. Um does she bring much to the table. Yeah. But it is one of the more interesting parts of the movie. That is true. Which isn't saying much. <laughs> well, this conversation is going to evolve quick. I better plunge into more clips. Admiring your handiwork. Touring the riot scene. Gravely assessing the devastation. Upstanding mayor stuff. 
You're not the mayor. Things change. What do you want? Ah, the direct approach. I admire that in a man with a mask. <laughs> you don't really think you'll win, do you? Things change. Meow. I thought I'd ex- spare you guys the big kaboom that immediately followed that this time. Where's the kaboom? There's supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. kaboom. Thank you, I, thank you. The thing I, I did appreciate you. the most about that clip was those beautiful cellos coming in. I'll I the, the, the music cello. really embraces the characters very nicely, but that's an Elfman thing. Yeah, too. it is. Uh, it's there's a lot with the motion and a lot with the characters. Very thematic. It's kind of like Peter and the Wolf, you know, every... Every character has their own little, <laughs> yeah, little bit sounder to it. <laughs> a lot of the great composers do that. John Williams set the stage for it. You know, the Star Wars music is all about that little themes that surround the characters and constructs in the movie. And um, you know, Elfin, of course, grew up in that realm. You know, the, that realm of influence. Uh, I I also really enjoyed the dialogue in that scene because I thought it was interesting to see when the Penguin and Batman come face to face like that casually ish. How the penguin isn't intimidated. How he's very blatant about who he is. He doesn't try to hide it like he is with the people. You know, he figures, either he figures in Batman's case it doesn't matter or that it's fine to antagonize him or that he wants him to know that he doesn't have any kind of real plan to be a good person. You know, you don't really think you'll win, do you? But yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, villains be villainin'. I can really get into this mad stuff. It's not about power. It's about reaching out to people, touching people, groping people. My name's not Penguin. It's Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald, there's somebody here to see you. Just the pussy I've been looking for. I did catch that one. Jeez. It's chilly in here. I'll warm you. Down, Oswald. We need to talk. The foot. You see... (laughs) You and I have something in common. Uh, appetite for destruction. Contempt for the czars of fashion. Naked sexual charisma. Batman. <laughs> the thorn in both our sides. The fly in our ointment. She has some good delivery in there. I I liked the charisma. I liked the charisma. I liked the um uh chemistry there with them. I thought that uh, Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer really played it off nicely. You kind of felt it. You well, tension. absolutely disgusting, abhorrent people in that scene. Also, it just made me cringe. Even I was going to say, the chemistry was like baking soda and vinegar, and it just kind of exploded gross all over the place. <laughs> That's exactly. what it was supposed to be, though, guys. That's exactly it's what it was so supposed bad. to be. So, wait, who's the, the baking soda? The grotesque was the weird choice. And what's interesting is when I watched this st- <laughs> Danny DeVito, he was definitely more base. Oh, <laughs> oh nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Um, he, he felt that from here. So there, I, I, got, I, I find it interesting. I never would have captured it in my imagination at the time when the movie came out because of where we were kind of in the zeitgeist of these things, especially in comic book movies being such a new phenomenon at this level. But... The grotesque was really a very intentional choice for these characters, right? For these villains in this movie. Yeah, the Joker didn't really have that. 
in the first movie. He was just messed up and kind of evil. These characters were sick. You know, and, and so the kind of the balance between them, I think, is what I really want. I like the sick because I like the psychopathic rogues gallery of Batman's villains. But I, this level of grotesque, as an adult looking back on it, doesn't appeal to me as much. Yeah. I mean, it's fine for this movie. It is what it is. But I'm not going to say this is the greatest but Batman. they were movie. both people who were dumped on by society just in two totally different ways, but with similar results. Right. You build psychopaths through conditioning, right? And hey, through hey, stay out of my psychopath building business. I'm sorry, Rich. You may continue. <laughs> what I do in my spare time is my business. <laughs> Until you make it everyone else's. <laughs> Meow. Oh, Alfred, I think I get down to the plaza. I saw him. Yeah, I know. He's practically begging me to show up. Which is why I hoped you'd snub him. No, I can't. There's been a kidnapping. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Tell Selena, you know... Miss Kyle in there. Tell her, uh, tell her I had to go to town. Tell her there's a big business deal came up. Or no, you know what? Tell her, let her know that none is going to dumb and be my girlfriend kind of way. I will relay the message. Great. Miss Kyle. Alfred. Mr. Hi. Wayne told me to tell Mr. you. Mr. Wayne? Oh, Bruce. Yes. Um, would you tell him for me that I've been going through a lot of, um, changes and... <laughs> no. Um, just that this is not... A rejection, my abruptly leaving. In fact, he makes me feel the way I hope I really am. No. <laughs> Could you just make up a sonnet or something, a dirty limerick? One has just sprung to mind. <laughs> I did. I, I do like Alfred. Um, I I enjoy how the uh, the acting here is very, it was a little looser. Not improvised necessarily, but you could tell that they were playing with the script a little bit. And both Keaton's delivery, and that's why I put them back to back so close. Keaton's delivery and uh, Michelle's delivery were very personal and a little neurotic and done very well. And really honest. Uh, a little cringy. A little bit, yeah. In a natural but way. But the whole romance between them was a little cringy anyway. That's so. legit. Eh. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially when the vines start. Oh, that's Ivy. Damn it. You know, oh, mistletoe gosh. can be deadly when Different used as a suppository. Cringe, <laughs> <laughs> did I just hear something about mistletoe and suppositories? Yes, I, yes, you did. Right it's checking. a good thing to break out. It's fine. <laughs> this town needs an enema. Handsome, dazed, and to die for. Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Mm, but a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. You're the second man who killed me this week. But I've got seven lives left. I tried to save you from mm, It seems like every woman you try to save ends up dead. <laughs> or deeply resentful. Maybe you should retire. It's interesting, too, how much they focus on the sequelization as well, because the, the things in the first movie come up. Not so much the Joker, interestingly enough, the big plot point in the first movie, but Vicky Vale and you know things like that. Mostly Vicky so Vale. She was making reference. Mostly Vicky Vale. Mostly Vicky Vale. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm just standing there. There she is into the Batcave. You guys said Vicky Vale yeah. so much. I have bat dance going through my head. Somebody. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Also, oh. music I'm not going to play on the show <clears throat> for 200. Alec. Uh, let's see. Uh, dancing badly. 
Right now, my troops are fanning out across town for your children. Yes, for your firstborn sons. The ones you left defenseless at home so you can dress up like jerks, get juiced, and dance badly. What a great commentary on society. I've personally come for Gotham's favorite son, Mr. Chip Shrek. You're coming with me, you great white dope, to die way down in the sewer. Not Chip. If you have an iota of human feeling, take me instead. I don't. So now. <laughs> Sometimes his little, eh, eh, no, I'm just so uncomfortable to hear. It's worse hearing it when you can't see him. For I mean, to be fair, most of his dialogue was uncomfortable to his, hear. His suit probably shaved yeah. a lot. They were probably natural sounds. This it all goes back to why I was complimenting Danny's acting at the beginning of the uh, the podcast because it's committed. Yes, those little tiny vocalizations and ticks and movements, all of it, and the things he was always doing with his hands. Uh, let's see, die for a die. Last clip for you. I don't know what you want, but I know I can get it for you. With a minimum of fuss, money, jewels, a very big ball of string. Blood, Max. My blood. I gave at the office. A half pint. I'm talking gallons. Let's make a deal. All right. They're my blood. What can I do for you? Sorry, Max. A die for a die. Terrible line. Yeah, but I gotta say, Max Trek, best villain in the movie. There you go. Not the most effective. What? No, he kinda, might have been the, the most effective. effective, though, because he did mastermind everyone else without actually he doing did anything. <laughs> well, not so much Selena, but she didn't need to be manipulated. She was going to be the psycho freak she was going to be regardless. I mean, he did catalyst it, though. Yeah, if he if he had only gotten around to throwing her out of a higher window. <laughs> he just would have, she just would have gotten up again. He would have had to do it eight more times. Apparently. Has that ever been part of the Catwoman mythos, or was that just awful? I'm not going I don't to recall that. it. Just checking. I know that there were uh, frequent jokes about her night lives, but I don't remember it ever actually being part of the mythos to the degree that this movie capitalizes on it. Fair enough. Let's do some thumbs up, thumbs down. You got anything, Rich? Okay. So, my thumbs up. While I don't care for Michael Keaton as the Batman, uh, my thumbs up is the fact that um, he actually doesn't appear much in this movie. Um, So I guess that's making the best of a situation. Um, On my thumbs down, I just, I don't know. I just, I can't deal with the Penguin's story. I mean, we're talking about bad people that put a baby that was deformed in a cage and then just watched it attack a cat without taking any responsibility. So whatever. Um, I just can't. I can't deal with that. Uh, Those being said, though, the rewatch with a critical eye and actually looking at the story plot points and all that stuff, there were some good lines. There's some great music. There were some interesting interactions. There was some feel to it that felt more like a Batman story that I like. I'm not into dark stories. Um, I Part of the reason why I get out of the, most of the DC stuff because it gets too dark too fast for me. So 
the 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 storyline the the story elements I think were appropriately presented, and I'm going to give some credit there, but I didn't feel the need to watch it then. I didn't appreciate the need to watch it now. Um, I'm I'm teetering. I'm literally teetering, and I'm going to stick it at two and a half stars. Better than I expected from that uh, wind-up you were doing there, but that's fair. That's I fair. really did appreciate the plot points and, and the, the theme. Vanessa? Richard was nicer than I'm going to be. <laughs> he often is. Yeah. <laughs> I have a whole Just record saying. of that. Okay, so we're going to start with thumbs up because it's a really short list. <laughs> the character acting was good. You could tell the characters they were trying to portray in the acting. Thumbs down. The characters were absolutely disgusting, abhorrent people that should have never been capitalized or written into anything ever. They didn't interact well together, even though they were written well as individual pieces. None of it made sense. It was all cringy. It was just bad. I remember liking this movie, like, a decade ago. I actually thought I was going to enjoy it on the rewatch. I forgot how bloody cringy this movie is. Or I just didn't pick up on that it was cringy before. I don't know. Vanessa might have been young and dumb. You probably thought it was edgy, and now it's less edgy now that you're older. It's so bad. Uh, This movie, like, gets a one, and it's on pity because Christopher Walken did really great. Oh, thank you. (laughs) One star? Yes. So I was I was kind of curious um, if your take on the film would have much to do with the writing, which it did, because I feel like a lot of the way the film was written and the choices that were made uh, in the foundation of it, not in the story beats themselves, yeah. was based entirely on the legacy of Batman. Your writers are people who are fans of the character, fans of the comics, fans of the legacy, and, you can pick up and on are that. trying to... Trying to honor that, but the and then build just story did on it. not mesh. Like Penguin was an interesting and captivating character on his own. As soon as you start integrating other things, you get into like cringy bullshit. No, Catwoman interesting on her own. As soon as she integrates with anything else, you get into cringy bullshit. No, Batman same thing. It just keeps going down the list. <laughs> interesting, interesting ob- uh, observations. I'll put it that way. Jason, where are you at on this? Okay. Um... Thumbs up. Five stars. Fooled you all. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. This would be the one, wow, right? This is it, right? <laughs> uh, n- yeah. Uh, although, I'm not going to be the low man on the totem pole. Yes! <laughs> this is my least favorite of the Batmans. It's gr- unnecessarily gross. It is disturbing on a level that it does not need to be disturbing to be enjoyable. And I don't like that. I don't like all the cringe and the gross and the the, the treatment of the way they treat the characters. I just don't like it. Um, I don't like the fact that Batman and Bruce Wayne were hardly in the movie. I don't like the plot points that they leave open. They don't explain how he figures out that he's Oswald or if he knew ahead of time. They kind of make hints at it, but they don't actually come right out and say it. Um, I don't like the fact that they made Batman a villain to the public and then never resolve how he proves that he wasn't the villain to the public. So to the best of our knowledge, when all is said and done, 
everyone in Gotham still hates him. But yet the police put up his light at the end of the movie and go, hey, Batman. And if they're looking for a murderer, is he really going to show up at police headquarters and go, oh, hi? No. So I, actually, a major plot point in the in the in the Bale movies, in fact, was that by the at the end of the second movie, he had to become a villain to be the hero, and that Gotham hated him after that. Yeah, and and they've actually carried that out into the third movie, and I just I think that's that's a really interesting point. I did not make that observation while I was watching the movie. I didn't like it in the Christian Bale movies. I don't like it in this one. I I especially don't like the fact that they didn't address it. And I don't like the fact that they were able to pull it off. Uh, how did they have the plans to his car that they could just walk up and use a remote control to turn the armor off so they could very methodically take the time to rewire the remote control? It's on and Wikipedia. Then, yeah. WikiLeaks, actually. <laughs> In 1992. Right. It's just... So many things bothered me about this movie. It makes it my least favorite of the Batmans. However, it is still a Batman movie, and I like me some Batman movies. Uh, So it has good points to it. I like Danny Elfman music. I like Tim Burton direction. I really like Christopher Walken. And if she hadn't had to interact with Danny DeVito... I really liked Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. But overall, this movie does not make me happy. To quote my mother when she found out what we had to watch this week, she's like, of all the Batmans, why did you have to pick the gross one? (laughs) And at the end of it, after we watched it, she was like, yeah, that's just as bad as I remember. Uh, But it's still Batman. It gets two stars. Please extend our apologies to your mother. (laughs) Now that we know, you know that they are that, you, that your folks are going to sit down and watch every movie with you, we're still going to pick bad movies. Oh, I know, and they know. Uh, let's see, um, Kit, thoughts? All right, there are a few places I could go here, but for thumbs down, I am going to say that the worst thing about this movie was Batman, um, and that's a bold statement, but I'm going to back it up. The characterization you're going to have to. <laughs> the characterization of Batman in this movie was terrible. Um, and there are a pl- lot of places that that shows up, but the most evident one to me is they broke the cardinal rule, Bruce Wayne's cardinal rule. Batman doesn't kill. And there is a scene when he is fighting the clowns where he not only kills a guy by shoving dynamite in his pants and dropping him off into a manhole, but he smiles as he murders him. That is a gross violation of Batman's character. And I mean, it is a major one. Uh, it's not the only thing reason I didn't like Batman in this movie, but it is by far the best example of it. The Batman that this movie showcases is not Batman. Uh, you made the comment earlier, Batman's the world's greatest detective. It is rare for us to see a Batman movie that really brings that to the fore, but it is the primary trait of the character. He is not uh, Inspector Gadget. He is Sherlock Holmes with a million dollars backing him up. And you just don't get to see that in most movies. The fact that this movie even showed us a scene of him doing some minor detective work was an aberration. And it's one of the things that I'm consistently disappointed with in Batman films, but this one particularly felt poor to me. Um, just all the way around, Batman was the saddest thing about this Batman movie. And it's not Michael Keaton, because I loved Michael Keaton in the first Batman, and it was only in this one that I was disappointed. Moving on to my thumbs up, however, again, there are quite a few things that I could pick out, but I'm just going to point showcase the two ones that matter. 
Uh, we've mentioned Christopher Walken several times, and I in particular have gushed over him, so I don't need to make that case any further. Even though this was an unusual character and didn't have a, a whole lot of uh, center stage action, Max Shrek, uh, or Christopher Walken as Max Shrek was one of my favorite things about this movie. The other being the penguin. The penguins were just adorable. I can't believe nobody mentioned them until now. The scenes of them waddling back and forth down the street with their little missile backpacks. Oh my god, they were so cute. I love the penguins. I have to give this movie overall one full star less than its predecessor, so it leaves my my rating at three and a half stars. Expender. Rich, this is, I think, going to be a three and a half star movie for me. I was actually going to rate this higher before I watched it. Right? We all were. (laughs) We all were. (laughs) And it surprised me, too. Now, to be fair, there were definitely things I still enjoyed about the movie uh, that I think I always enjoyed about it. But they were not holding a candle to the things that did not age well with this movie. And part of that is me. I think I'm part of the things that did not age well with this movie. Yeah. It it and I did not walk hand in hand. So So it's not one of our lowest rated ones, but at two and a half stars average. Right in the middle. Yeah. Just down there at the bottom of the heap. It might be our lowest rated Batman movie. (laughs) It might be our highest rated Batman movie. It is right now our highest and lowest rated Batman movie. Oh, man. We got to do something about that. But no time soon. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. for audience purview, I immediately followed this up by watching Batman 66 as a palate cleanser. What I like is... <laughs> that would be effective. We did a five-star movie, and then a three-star movie, and then a two-and-three-quarter movie, and then a two-and-a-half movie, and I can't wait for next week. <laughs> I can't not wait for next All right. week. So, here's where we're at, uh, gentle listeners. And I do beg you a bigger indulgence as we move into the first of the year, because we do a thing at the first of the year. It is now a proud tradition at Exposition Street, because we've done it once, and now we're going to do it a second time. <laughs> Our schedule's not as um, voracious as we were last year. We're not getting episodes out every week. We're averaging every two weeks now, which is a little more realistic for me right now as a producer. But we're still going to go ahead and give everybody on the show an opportunity to pick a movie, their selection, Whereas for the show's uh, principal selections, we try and stick largely to genre flicks, to geek movies, to cult movies, things that we feel like they're our movies, that we're the audience for that, and that uh, you probably are too. But this is the point at which we get to branch a little away from that if we want to. Every member of the cast, um, this time probably except me, in order to kind of keep it from spilling over into the spring. Uh, is gets to select a movie, their choice, doesn't matter what the genre is, we're going to go ahead and expo it up. So we're going to do that now, starting with Richard's selection as the first movie. Richard, what are we watching next time? Everybody brace yourselves. From way back in my <laughs> history, I have pulled out Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Can't say that I've Seriously? seen it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that in this room. I think, Rich, you and I are probably the only ones, and I haven't seen it oh, since I, I was pretty young. I'm exploding with happiness. I can't wait to listen to this. Okay. Rock and Roll High School. That's what we're doing next. I hope you guys are ready. So watch that before next time. 
Again, if you have anything you would like to recommend, do I sound dead inside? <laughs> Feedback at prismaticsandhumby.com or drop by our uh, Discord server. I was about to say forum. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck in the 90s after all. Ah! Ah! Okay. Um, go ahead and uh, let us know what you think. If you uh, are enjoying the format of the show, anything you'd like us to watch, give us some recommendations. We'll do that. For Rich, for Vanessa, for Jason the Kid, my name is Eric. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. You know, I feel really bad for the six guys in the penguin suits that had to serve as the pallbearers.